Hot takes or toast brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Check out the bold new lineup at Jerry Seiner Cadillac. It's definitely not your grandpa's Cadillac. All right, question of the day. The Nakua brothers are heading to BYU. The Nakuas are coming. The Nakuas are coming. Wide receivers <laughs> Samson and Puka are transferred to BYU. How great is that for the Cougars? Thanks for playing along there with the Paul Revere. You're welcome. I nice, liked it. It was a nice pull. I liked it. It was good. Dax, they couldn't cut it at a P5 school, so they had to transfer to a mid-major. <laughs> that yeah, got a, a thumbs up from a Ute fan, and it got a laughing emoji from a Cougar fan. The basketball is mid-major. I don't think that we use that as a football term. So I guess Brian Thompson. No, Brian Thompson transferred to a Pac-12 school, so he could cut it. Derek says neither one of those guys is going to get a win over Utah, just like the big brother. Speaking of Kai, of course. Yes, and there it is. Let's cut right to the chase. Great, you're not beating us. That's why this rivalry ranks right there with any in the country, because this is a time for BYU to get good news, and the Ute fans come out, and and when are you going to have our recruits on? Like, you don't care about us anymore. When are you going to have this and this and this? I mean, we talk an inordinate amount of Utah football, but that's not good enough, man, because once you mention the rivalry, the other team – it, it comes out and right off the bat. Well, they couldn't cut it at a P5. We're P5. You're not. Nanner, nanner, nanner. <laughs> that, that's why this rivalry just rocks. And they don't even have to play. There's very few rivalries where you don't have to play, and it's still a big deal. And they won't play, at least uh, scheduled for the next two years, because they're going to play Florida. I mean, SC and Stanford can play Notre Dame and BYU in the same year but Utah can't. It's too tough, apparently. So I love the fact that they're playing Florida, but you claim your arrival of SCs. Well, SC is going to play Notre Dame and BYU in 2021. Well, it's because we play nine conference games. Wait a minute, you're in the Pac-12 South, and they play (laughs) nine conference games too. Strike that, Your Honor. Can't use that one. Right. And I think it's awesome that you're playing Florida. Absolutely. But don't tell me you can't play BYU in the same year and then tell me your arrival of SCs or Stanford because they do it. And that's just, we know that they play Notre Dame every year. There's also other schools I'd have to look at. Uh, The Sun Devils have a pretty easy non-conference schedule this year, so I can't put them on there uh, because we know BYU plays five uh, Pac-12 schools this year. So... Just saying, we don't want to play BYU. Not well. It's too tough. That that doesn't really ring true to me. That's just not really. And I get that that's more of a rival for you. And SC's really not going to give them the time of day as far as her rival goes. And they're going to give you Utah more of the time of day. I understand all, and that's true. And it's your your claims on that are one hundred percent accurate. But that's the greatness of this rivalry. Here. And that's what's cool about them not being in a conference together is that they can easily transfer. Now, they're also they're doing away with those uh, rules against uh, transferring within your own conference and losing another year, like Trent Whiting did years ago in basketball. Steve Cleveland brought him up because this is a 20-year anniversary of BYU winning the conference title 
under Steve Cleveland, and Trent Whiting was a significant player on that team. And it was a and, big deal at the time. Yeah, because he left Utah to go to BYU, and I can tell you that the athletic administration for Utah was furious. Absolutely furious. You can go. You can go anywhere, but don't go there. (laughs) There was a former player and coach who was employed by BYU at the time, and he was a former player and coach at Utah, and I think they really held that against him. And to be clear, the Utah-BYU game, it's getting played this year, but not in 2022 and not in 2023. In 2023, the Utes are playing Florida and Baylor. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's and that's a great that's, schedule. That's great. pretty good, good. right? In twenty twenty two, in twenty twenty two, it's Florida, San Diego State, and Southern Utah. So, yeah, yeah. And that's fine. That's fine. Do what you want, and that, that's fine. I, if the opportunity to play Florida, I think you should sign up for that, or a school like Florida, you should sign up for that every chance you get. Chance to go to the swamp, a and chance then get for them the Pac twelve to, to beat an SEC school. They come yeah. back, yeah. The first one's in the swamp. Yeah. The second one's that's in That's awesome. I think Utah. Utah needs to do that because they haven't had a lot of big non-conference opponents come into the stadium before. They weren't good enough, and they yeah. couldn't. Now they can, but it hasn't worked out. And going forward there, which has been Mark Harlan's job, he's talked about increasing that, and that's outstanding. Kudos to him and to this, the school for getting that done. I, I'm excited for them. I don't want to say I can't wait. I can wait just fine, but I'm excited for them to play Florida. It's a new twist. Uh, if Mullen is still there, obviously he has some Utah roots under Urban, as I think he was the quarterback coach, if I remember correctly. Uh, so that that would be cool. So I endorse that 100%. Well, if the Pac-12 is going to raise its reputation, they're going to have to win intersectional games. And for the Utes, am I missing somebody? Yeah, back to Michigan and before that to Pittsburgh. And now you're getting back to, you know, the, the, I think the Pittsburgh deal was the last year of the Mountain West and the first year of the, of the Pac-12. So Yeah, that's interesting. I actually think that in order to raise your profile, I don't know that you need to win intersectional games because that's cost you uh, from getting to the playoff. Losing, losing. intersectional games has, yeah. yes. So I wonder if they really do. But I appreciate Utah wanting to do it. And I think it's absolutely awesome. And as I say, I'm excited very much for that game. Question of the day. The Nakua's are coming. The Nakua's are coming. Samson and Puka are transferring. How great is it for the Cougars? Jacob says, well, future schedules are going to look nothing like this last year's schedule. But things are looking better in every aspect. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw a horse... Uh, with someone riding it through my neighborhood screaming the Nakua's are coming last night. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> I need you to return the horse to your neighbor, PK. Come on. <laughs> I think it's a great opportunity. And then Puka, we presented him with the State of the Sport Award for Best High School Athlete. And yep. opportunity to talk to him a little bit backstage. We talked to him backstage. Yeah. <laughs> so big uh, sharp young man at the time. Uh, we've spoken to a few of us. Cameron Cooper we also did. Uh, they didn't have the state of the sport last April, obviously, because of the COVID. As you and I, usually we get the opportunity to make a presentation together. Uh, and uh, he was there. And I kidded him, how come he doesn't have wild hair like his brother? And and he said he's not that crazy. Samson had the wild hair and the multicolored hair and all that stuff. I guess for a few months I'll have to tone that down. Although I don't know that they have anything on the color of your hair. It's the BYU's all hung up on the length of your hair from, for some bizarre reason. Uh, 
but I don't, I, I don't know if he can, if you can go different colors. I don't know if that's deep in the uh, small print of the honor code somewhere. Maybe they have to get a quick amendment to the honor code. As I, as I don't give many ideas here. <laughs> so I don't know what Samson wants to do there, but I think Samson was. Uh, did he was he did he underperform? Was he underutilized? Uh, depending on where you want to go with that, that's up to you. Uh, but you know, you look at his career at Utah. He's six foot three. He can move, uh, and his total receptions in his entire time he spent at Utah aren't as much as Dax Mill had last year. So if I'm looking at him, I'm thinking, well, wait a second, I'm as good as this guy. Now he's going to have a top pick throwing him the ball. Utah doesn't normally have quarterbacks drafted. And uh, Zach Wilson's clearly going to get drafted and going to get drafted very, very high. So, But there's no question that they want to get the ball downfield to the wideouts more, not just to the slot receiver or the tight end or the back coming out of the backfield, uh, as Utah traditionally has done here at least in the last few years so you can see why Samson would want to have an opportunity because as you say everybody wants to get to the NFL and he's got the measurables he's certainly got the size to get to the NFL right no one's going to doubt that he's legitimate in his size he's well over six feet so he's get this opportunity and it's a great opportunity and then of course to get to play with your brother and play whatever personal situation you have with your family I think there's what six kids uh, his father, Lionel, Lionel died in 2012, I think it was. Correct. Uh, uh, Nakua was, or, or Samson was at uh, Timview, and Puka played at Orm, right? Yes. Yep. And their yeah. younger brother's now back at Timview playing right now. Yeah, so, and their situation is what it is, and and uh, obviously they were young, very young, to lose your father. That's so unfortunate that that happened. And so they want to be home and get to be on the field together. It's good for them. I'm excited for them because that's what they want. And I'm excited for BYU. You get an opportunity to bring in some talent because you lose Mill, who was a big-time player for you guys. And now I don't know that any individual is going to be uh, as productive. The competition is going to be stiffer. The quarterback, uh, I don't know at the start anyway, is going to be as good, maybe over time. But Zach Wilson was brilliant last season. All of us can agree with that. And I know you fans will scream competition. But the NFL doesn't really care about that. They can, they compare compare. They care about how good you're going to be in the NFL. And they think he's going to be very, very good. So your weakness on the competition for Zach Wilson, uh, am I going to listen to you or am I going to listen to NFL people? No, no I'm, I'm, I'm going to listen to you. <laughs> It doesn't know, necessarily mean that NFL people are going to get it right because there's been plenty of quarterbacks they've gotten it wrong, for good, or, for better or worse. You know, Dak Prescott was a fourth-round pick, I, I believe, and now he's getting $75 million this next season. So, obviously, he should have been drafted much higher if you want to go along those lines. And we know guys have been taken very, very high, and then as, as high as the number one pick at quarterback, and they end up sucking, and they're gone. So, we'll still get his opportunity to prove it. Yeah, and some of those guys played against really good competition. It's yeah, a, it's, it's an apples and oranges thing going from college know. to the pros. You don't know, and they try and try to figure it out. And the draft is not an exact science. No draft is anywhere anymore in any league, whatever the situation is. But it's a great opportunity for these two to get what they want 
and then to succeed on the field. And I certainly wish him nothing but the best. Uh, by the way, it says that hairstyles, uh, the honor code says, hairstyles should be neat and clean, avoiding extreme styles or colors, and trimmed above the collar, leaving the ear uncovered. So I don't know, an extreme color. Like you could, he could dye his hair blue but not well, red. With that rainbow gray thing for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he's got a personality that he matches does. that. But I mean, maybe he can, yeah. he can tone it down if he wants to, too, also. It's just... It's for a few months. I really don't care what his hair looks like, actually. And don't ever read me the honor code again. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> that was pretty much all that was relevant. Uh, Brian, it'll be an exciting summer when Samson gets his hair cut. <laughs> I wish them the best, except on September 11th. And if I'm a Ute fan, absolutely. I, that would be my sentiment, too. Yeah. Wish them the best, except when you play them. And you want to win, obviously. You want to win those games. Sure, I get it. Let's see, more people weighing in here. Uh, Gwen, I can't wait for September 11 of 2021. That's <laughs> a Ute fan? Uh, let me click on her thing and see. Uh, it's got to be. Went to Bountiful High, lives in Farmington, doesn't say, yeah. Uh, you can't wait for payback, or you can't wait because you're a Cougar fan and you think you're going to win for the first time in more no, than a decade? No, you want to show them that uh, you're better. Because then if you don't do it now, then you got to wait another two years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You're getting See, way See, in up 24, there. it'll yeah, be three that's, years. That's just, uh, that would really suck. Uh, you're not going to play them the following two in 22 and 23. So you didn't get to play them in 20, which I think uh, it's just based on where the two programs are at, might be your best chance to win. But it didn't happen because Utah was brand new with so many dudes, and you were a veteran team with Zach Wilson. And now that's not going to be the case. doesn't mean you can't win. Just playing the odds uh, last year would have been a great opportunity for you to get that thing done, but it didn't happen. So... So be it. There's nothing you can do about it now. But, yeah, I think that that's what that'll, – that'll add a little sliver to the rivalry. The Nakua brothers, one of whom played at Utah, playing against uh, his old team. And then Nakua – I keep saying Nakua as if it's Puka. Puka, who turned them down and turned down both schools, obviously. Committed to SC and then goes to Washington. And then halfway through, decides to come to Provo. And he came out of high school with a huge rep. And BYU needs to get those guys, those types of guys. Interestingly, Washington is losing three receivers because Ty Jones, a kid who grew up and went to high school right across yeah, the street. Yeah, he's transferring. To he's going to Fresno. And then they've got another receiver who's going to Sac State. That's where Troy Taylor coaches, right? Yep. Yeah. So they're losing three receivers off their team uh, to go uh, different directions. And then Utah lost two because they lost Thompson and Sampson. Can't tell, can't tell the uh, players without a program. Everybody's on the move. Yeah. And it's, it's more likely to speed up than it is to slow down. And I was talking to somebody in college football saying, I can't understand what Brian Thompson was thinking because he's going to ASU and Herm, they run the same program basically. They want to run but the ball and play great, great, play great defense. There's a lot to that, but they've sent guys to the NFL. 
They have sent the guys to the NFL, and they have an experienced quarterback. Daniels will be going into his he's three years in the program. You really can't count last year four games as a season by any stretch because if it would have been under the normal rules, he would have been allowed to redshirt because he'd only played. They only played four games. And I think the, the – well, I know the NCAA has that rule of if you play only four games, you're allowed to redshirt. So I don't know what that means for him if he's going to go next year into the NFL or if he's even good enough. But maybe that's one of the reasons why he, Thompson decided to go is he's going to a team that has an established quarterback. Doesn't mean he's better than uh, Brewer or whoever the Utes put out there if, if Rising can get himself healthy. I think those are the two leading candidates of Rising has an opportunity to be at full strength when we get to training camp in August. He'll have the opportunity to compete for the job, and we'll see what happens there. Whereas there is no competition in, in Tempe. It's Daniels and then pray for rain, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jack weighs in. It's uh, not that great at BYU without some guy by the name of Zach. I bet my Aggies beat them. Aggies weighing in. Utah State taking the Cougars down. Jack's calling his shot. Well, the Aggies, will see. You know, they were a mess last season, as we know, for a lot of different reasons. <laughs> Although I, I saw a thing where those super seniors mm-hmm. that Utah State has the most super seniors returning in the country. That's in the teens. I want to say 18. I'm not sure about that number. And the reason why it caught my eye, because it was a Pac-12 story that said number two of the super seniors returning, uh, the Devils. I think I think the number was like eleven, and they, so they have the second most in the country of super seniors, guys who had the opportunity to basically that last season did not count uh, towards eligibility, as we know. Uh, and Devils have, well, I think it was eleven, and Utah State having uh, several more than that. They listed them as having the most, so that could help them. Yeah, quarterback play goes a long way to determining the success. This is not breaking news by any stretch here. And so whoever wins the job for the Cougars will have some of them. Well, if it's Hall or Baylor, they've had limited experience. They have some experience. If it's Conover or the other kid, they have zero. Well, I guess the other kid played a little bit maybe in some a uh, couple of mop-up things, but that doesn't really count. So, But that that's the essence of college football, man. These things turn over. You're, you're going to have that from time to time. It's not that unusual. Well, the Cougars were right there to smack the Aggies. Pfft. One P, two Fs, two Ts. Pfft. The same Aggies that were one of the worst teams in the country this last season at one and five. Now with the coaching change, so who knows where this is going? Right. All, all kinds of question marks for Utah well, yeah, State. Most, not that there aren't question definitely. marks for the Utes and the Cougars, because there, there are. are. There's just more question marks for Utah State. Yeah, it's just it's rare that you don't have question marks. Two years ago, the Utes didn't have very many question marks, and they had a great season except for the end. All right, we've got uh, a lot of comments, and that's why it's hot takes or toast. Got a lot of people weighing in with their hot takes. But Mark comes to us with a question. And we will get to his question, which is pretty good. And I think a lot of people are wondering the answer to this question. Uh, we could maybe take some educated guesses at it, and we will do that next. Stay with us, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. David's Vision, giving you 1,000 reasons to get rid of those contacts or glasses. That's $1,000 off LASIK. 
Start your road to better vision at davisvisionmd.com or call in 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. Question of the day on Facebook. The Nakua's are coming. The Nakua's are coming. Samson and Puka, wide receivers, transferring from Utah and Washington to BYU. How about that? How good is that for the Cougars? And Mark twists that uh, question and responds with a question of his own. PK, don't you hate to get in an argument with people who answer questions with a question? Well, I'd love to get in an argument with anybody at any time, though, because (laughs) it's just fun. Mark says, I wonder how Whittingham is feeling about this right now. I wonder if Kyle allows him to feel very much for very long. Because it isn't going to be that productive. Now, if you got feelings and you got an immediate reaction, you got it. But I just don't know that he allows himself to think about it and dwell on it for 10 minutes. Kids are transferring, they're coming and they're going, and coaches are adjusting. Well, what he said when uh, Thompson left, uh, he said, "If uh, I think the quote was, the transfer porter giveth and the transfer porter taketh. And once a player leaves, it, all right, he leaves. It, it, it's going, when you're, you're dealing with an inordinate amount of number of guys here, too. It's not like, basketball is another story. We had Christobiak on yesterday, and he obviously losing Gotch, the Ute homers, I can remember, oh, he wasn't going to be in the rotation and he wasn't going to be the point guard, so who cares, who needs him? Well, you needed him. You know, He was a veteran guy, and there's not that many veteran guys in basketball. Football, you, know, you got uh, practically as many receivers as you do players on a basketball team. So when a basketball player leaves who's been playing – getting considerable playing time, that's a blow. Doesn't matter who it is, it's a blow. Or what program, when I say who it is, in terms of program, not the individual, that's a blow. And Dave Rose has talked about that at length when he was coaching for the Cougars. Football is another story here because, you know, you're, even if the kid stays, you're still bringing in new guys, not just guy, but guys every season. And then you get other guys who may have been injured, and they're coming back and all the stuff that's going on. So you really don't have any time to stress over it. You just check it off and move on. And I think he's got to do a lot of that, but they wanted Puka. I mean, if the two of them had been together at Utah, would they have yeah. been transferring? And maybe they would have. Maybe for all the stuff you cited in the last segment, you know, hey, this team's pushing the ball down the field more. This guy's got more catches in the season than I've got over two or three years. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you were talking about Samson's number and 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 Puka for as much as Washington wanted him, he caught 16 passes. Now he'd tell you I caught three touchdowns, so that's basically one out of every five. How about you throw me the ball a little more often? I can get to the end zone here. And well, he was all a freshman that back and forth, and I think he had a little injury issue. And then last year, forget last year. They only played four games. I think Washington was uh, – them and the Devils only played four. I think they went three and one. Uh, and he had COVID for the Stanford game, so he didn't play. So last year you got to basically throw it out. Uh, but there's no question that they wanted him because he was a big-time receiver. Yeah. A lot of programs wanted him. And I think that's a blow. I've been saying this. I've been harping on this for the Devils for as practically as long as we've been doing the show. And it's not. it's gotten worse, not better, as far as 
the number of players leaving the state, number of big-time players, not just players, but big-time players leaving the state, NFL-quality players, guys who have played in the NFL that grew up playing football in the Valley, boom, gone. That's devastating to their program. Now, Utah has had a better program the last few years than Arizona State. I don't think you can argue that. Even if the Devils may beat you, your program has still been better. You've accomplished more. But you could accomplish even more probably if you could keep these studs in town. And there's not, that's been an issue. Don't run from it. Acknowledge it and try to do better. Now, if you can't do it, do like Herm does. Go all over the country to recruit and hire every college, every high school coach who's had success from Southern California. They got like three or four of them on the staff <laughs> and, and try to get those kids to come over. You know, whatever it takes. And if you can't get the local, then you better darn well get somebody else. Uh, that's, uh, you know, in the case of uh, Southern Cal over to Tempe, it's only like about five, six hours. So that's sort of semi-local. Got to get, got to get these kids, and and yeah, I think the losing out on Puka the first time around actually was a blow to both schools, not just Utah. And it's not just him. Uh, you look at that twenty four nineteen recruiting class, and I'm using twenty four seven right here. You can use a different recruiting service, and we all know the coaches will tell you, well, we don't rank them the way they rank them. Although some coaches will tell you those rankings have gotten more accurate and they've gotten better over time. But the point is, four of the top five guys in the state went out of state. Utah got one, but Washington, LSU, Oregon, everybody's coming. Everybody. That's a blow. And if you check a different year, you're going to find USC, Oregon, and Alabama. You know, it's just it's on and on. Yeah, you need to get the premier kids in your state to come to your school. Doesn't matter what. I mean, Southern California, you can't get them all, obviously. Uh, but I think that the, the, that's been a problem for the conference. And the, from the conference perspective, whoever the commissioner is, is hoping that, well, if the local school can't get them, somebody else in the Stay conference. Stay regional, right. Yeah. Stay regional. And then it becomes the, it's, it's a double whammy if you, the local doesn't get them, nor the conference gets them, and he goes out of, out of conference to wherever it might be. And we're seeing that. The quarterback for Clemson, the presumed starter for next season, is a SoCal kid, and he's literally going all across. He can't get any farther away. You're going all the way to the East Coast to play football at Clemson, which is a national power, obviously. All right, DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Coming up next, college basketball, March Madness, Randy Ray, Weber State coach. He'll join us to talk about the Big Sky Tournament and Mark Madsen, UVU men's coach. After that, both these guys with a chance, uh, depending on the league, you know, one of two, one of three teams expected to compete for the. Of course, it's March Madness, so that doesn't mean a six seed can't do it. Uh, but these guys have pretty good teams. We'll talk with them next, and then Puka Nakua at nine oh five. Stay with us.